Well, thank you for that. Let's turn our Bibles again to Judges chapter 13 this morning and hope that, again, that you've been well and hope you've been praying for one another. And uh, Looking forward to the next couple of weeks as well, just getting into the year, hopefully uh, people coming back and um, just getting into their year as well. But um, I appreciate just your continual prayer for my family and I, and especially for my wife. She's, uh, Lord willing, we've got an appointment this week regarding her knee. And so that was an answer to prayer. We were, we were originally had um, a booking for the end of the month. And so now it's um, this week. So looking forward to just getting that. And I know that um, she's looking forward to just getting better already. And whether that's because she's sick of my cooking or my moping around, I'm not sure which one. But I'll tell you what, there is both of that. So, um, but uh, the first week um, she was injured and, you know, had to take on a few more added duties at home. And my first day I was just cleaning and all of that. And I had, uh, the, the kids had just been everywhere that day. And I remember just the end of the day I had cleaned up, done everything. And I rolled into bed at 8.30, and I looked at her, and I said, do you do this every day? And I was exhausted, and so we are, I'm looking forward to just her recovery now, and um, Lord willing, uh, there's a bit of a schedule to, to keep to that. But glad to be here this morning, but in Judges chapter 13, if I was to ask you this morning, if you've never read through uh, all of the Judges, and all I did was gave you a list of the judges and, and all of their abilities, I think all of us here would, would handpick Samson to be someone that probably had the most potential when it came to a judge, to, to be someone that would deliver his nation. We would pick him probably with the, the kind of, kind of um, abilities that God gave him. I think all of us here, as, as, especially as men, would look at a guy like Samson and go, I'd love to have his ability, that supernatural strength. And uh, you imagine the, the, this, this uh, young man right here in the things that we read already, all of the, the, this, this amazing announcement even of his birth. And no doubt if you were to look at it and think about it independently, um, you would say that Samson probably had the most potential as far as a judge is concerned. And you know, I think we look at things with potential and we, we hope for the best. And, you know, I think all of us here, we, uh, if we're honest, we, we hope that potentially our year ahead is better than most other years. I think when you look at your own life and perhaps some of the things that you were hoping for, the potential you could fulfill in your life, you, you, were, you draw back to that time and you go, well, I had a lot of potential I was hoping for. And maybe you know someone who like Samson, in a sense, had, had great promise, maybe someone on the sporting field, maybe someone that you know personally in your own life, maybe in your high school class, most likely to succeed, you know, all of those. And you look at their, their, the, the abilities that they had, and you think, boy, these, these people are going to change the world. These people are going to do something great with their lives. And then you look at it, and if you know the story of Samson, you, you, start, to, you start to understand the end. And I think you, you understand where it all ends up. But if you didn't have the ending and you just had his birth announcement and all that he did, you could, you could say he, he, he went okay. 
I mean, when you read through it, not only was his birth announced that he would be this great deliverer, this great judge, he was announced by an angel. You read through the different chapters here and you see that he, you know, he, he did some great things. He slew, uh, he slew the enemies from the, uh, uh, the Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. He, he carried the gates of the city. He still wrought some sort of vengeance and success for the Lord. But we all know that when you really think about Samson at the end, he, he didn't quite, in our own imaginations, in our own estimation, quite fulfill all that he possibly could have done. You know, you, you look at some of the other judges who really, when it, in the grand scheme of things, from a human point of view, didn't have a great deal of, of potential to offer, but they still wrought great peace. They still did something. And what we find in the life of Samson is that he, he was one that really lived with great potential but didn't quite, quite fulfill it. He, he didn't quite you know, get a, a grasp of what he could have done for the nation, what he could have done for the Lord. And yet what we find about Samson is he still falls into the category of the, whole, the, the chapter of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. You ever read through that list? You read through that list and there's great luminaries in that list. There's a great amount of people that you look at and you go, wow, well, obviously they would belong there. But you know, the one that I often wondered about is Samson. And, and again, he, it's not like he did nothing. He did some things. And yet what we find about Samson is that in, uh, in, in his lifetime, he lived, rather than living really for, in his potential for the Lord, he lived for pleasure. You know, he, he sort of went, and whenever he went into the, into the enemy camp, rather than, than, than being the judge that he should have been, he just lived for a pleasure. He saw women that he wanted. He went about, and he lived that kind of lifestyle. He was a bit of a, uh, a party animal. He would often find himself in a, in a banquet setting, in a feasting setting, and he was there, and he often played around with the enemy rather than wreaking havoc like he could have. He played around and he sort of just, you know, made riddles of, of godly things. And he, he had this sort of happy-go-lucky kind, of, uh, kind of attitude that maybe we can even relate to. And, and yet, when it came down to it, there were times where God still allowed Samson to go about and, and dole out some justice on his behalf. We see that, that he, he lived for pleasure. We see that... Really, he lived for personal gain. Often, what was attached to his riddle was a bet that meant that he would gain something. Either gain a wife or gain some change of clothing or some sort of, you know, just even bragging rights that they couldn't get that. And often his weakness was, you know, a, a, his wife or someone that he was interested in would pine that, you know, Samson, you don't tell me. And then he falls for it again. And he was in this cycle of just constantly trying to really trying to just fulfill his own desires and then fulfill perhaps even a little bit of his potential. You know, he lived for personal gain and really what it was, he was living to please himself. And he lived to just please himself however he felt. You know, he would even go and tell his parents, hey, go get that woman for me. And Samson in his whole mentality, even though he had great potential, was greatly greatly hindered. And, and what we see about Samson is that he, 
He lived his whole life doing that. And when we look at the end of his life, go now to fast forward to many years now to uh, chapter 16. We see his, his whole thing with Delilah here. Delilah begs him to tell, tell her and finally he couldn't hack it anymore. He finally gives up the secret. You know, if you cut my hair and all of that, then, then I'll be like as any other. And we read in verse 20 the great disaster of that. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. He, he just thought he'd do what he always did. And notice what the Bible says, and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. You know, he didn't even recognize, he, didn't even, he was so desensitized with, with, with his, his, uh, the difference between him just following his own pleasures and, and God just sort of rescuing him out of that. He was so desensitized to that, he didn't even realize when the power of God had left him. You know, the Bible says there that he wist not, he didn't know that the Lord was departed from him. The Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. And we know the, the, that really, if you just left it there, we see that you, you would summarize it this way, what a waste, what a waste. He could have done so much. He could have done some things. He could have done greater things. And what a waste uh, Samson was. And now he finds himself blind, grinding in the prison house and there being, uh, being mocked by the enemies of God. And, you know, I began to think about the, the life that Samson lived there. You know, when you add up all of the, all of the, the, the Philistines that Samson's slew was a thousand Philistines. He still did something. He, he still did something, even though really when you think about it, Samson just lived in his own strength. You know, all that Samson had, he did in his own strength. And, you know, God still somewhat used him. He still did some things okay. He still was able to wreak some justice in the uh, in, the, in the enemy camp, he, Samson still w was able to do some things that were, you know, pretty, pretty amazing to behold. But we can summarize it this way. Samson, living for himself, didn't do as much as we all probably thought he could have. And, and what we find at the end of it, Samson, no doubt, was frustrated. There he was, just grinding away, and now all of his strength had basically gone and there he was just grinding away just potential probably in his own mind all gone what a disaster of a life the the all of those things that perhaps God even had put in his heart to do for him he he had sold it away for the the the, the kind of uh, self uh, self gain and self pleasure that others perhaps who are just average just had and there he was powerless and there he was, maybe perhaps even in, in great regret of what had transpired in his life, all because really he was living in his own strength, living in his own power. And you know, many of us, even though perhaps we don't have as great potential as Samson, all of us has, have potential. We, we all have got some things that, that, by the way, at the end of it, it wasn't even 
really his own strength. It was God's gifting to him that he wasted. You know, all of us here, we all have potential. We all have some sort of purpose and calling. We all have different abilities that God's given us. We all have different strengths. We all have different weaknesses, but we all have different strengths. All of us here, we have something that, that we have to offer. We all have something that God has gifted us with that we're supposed to use, that we're supposed to fulfill something with. And we all have potential to fulfill. None of us here is exempt from that. All of us are in the same boat that way. And what we find is sometimes we can be just like Samson and we can live for self. We can live for pleasure. And we can live for all of that. And all along, there was greater potential still and without us even, even being mindful of it, we've gone through life, and I don't know if you've ever been there, you ever been frustrated? You ever felt like, well, there should have been something more that I've done? Well, life, why is life so hard? Why does it seem like I'm just grinding away? Why does it seem like there's just things I can't see? Why does it seem like that there's just, there just seems to be just a lack of strength in my own life as I've just gone along and I've just tried. And you know, I'm sure Samson tried. I'm sure there were times where he woke up and he said, no, this is the day I'm going to. And you know what, what we find though, Samson still ended up in the same place. And maybe you find yourself in that place this morning. You know, I was just thinking about this, this past summer and, and there's been a lot of different things that God has, has brought before me as far as Things that we didn't plan. And I mentioned earlier, there's, there's been busier days. And I felt, to be honest with you, I felt a little, a little bit overwhelmed. I felt a little like I can't do this. And, and there's been days, and, and there's been days where I've felt frustrated. I, I felt like, well, there's just not enough hours in the day. Well, I just seem to be catching up all the time. And I just can't get ahead. And I've tried. And I've labored. And... And you know what? I'm still ending up grinding. You ever been there? Maybe you're there now. Maybe at the beginning of the year. You know, the, the great joke, it's 2022. Okay, second version of 2020. We're all afraid of it. We all don't want it. We don't want that, all of that. And, and yet what we find was Samson's, Samson finds himself in this situation. And really the reason was this. He he lived his life all on his own strength. But I want you to note something in, in the life of Samson that I think when you think about it, even though all of what he had done, the, the supernatural strength and some of the victories even, it was all God's enabling. Even the uh, very abilities that he had, it was still God's enabling in his life. And, and somewhat God still used him. You know, Samson could have done much more. And you know what? He does. Look at Look with me, keep going in, in verse, um, verse 23, the, the story goes on. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God. And to rejoice, for, their said, for they said, our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. So they're, they're going to want to celebrate this. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy, 
and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. So they even admitted, well, he's done something. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry, that they said, call for Samson, that he may make a sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house. And he made them sport, and they said, set him between the pillars. So they were, they were mocking him. They, they, were, they were playing games with him, knowing full well that this one who did some things, who was the destroyer of their country. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was, was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. What a sad situation. This, this destroyer of a nation, this one that slew many, and in fact the Bible tells us is a thousand. He's right there and he's just a mockery. And now notice what, what happens. And Samson called unto the Lord. It said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which, upon which the house stood and on which he was bo it was borne up, of the one with his right hand, of the other with his left. And Samson said, verse 30, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon the people that were therein. So the dead, notice this, which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. You know, we, we see that and we see the, the disaster of, of Samson's life. But then we see the triumph at his death. You know what the Bible tells us? That he slew more in his death than he did in his life. We know potentially that there was over 3,000 people there, important people in the, in, in the enemy camp, and it was at his death that he slay more than in his life. You know, all of us here, I mentioned, we all have potential, and we can only do so much when we live our life. We can only do so much. We can only slay our thousand, perhaps. And, and if we live our life in our own way, we can still do something. You know, you could still be a decent parent. You could still be, have a decent um, a marriage. You can still do things decently. You can still somewhat have some sort of result in your life if you just live your life. But you know how you're going to find more? You know how we find um, Samson in the, the, the chapter of faith. You know how we find him um, really at a, at a triumphant end to all of this? We find him at his death. And here's what I'm trying to get at. You know, if we live our life our own way, and if we live it in our own strength, listen, we can still do something. We can still do somewhat, uh, some sort of, uh, we can still get to some level. You know, in your own strength, you can still turn up and be part of something. And in your own strength, you can still uh, be a parent that your child needs you to be. Uh, you know, as uh, in your own strength, living your own life, you can still do something for God. But you know what? If we die to self, 
will do more. Because Samson did more in his death than he did in his life. You know what the problem is with many Christians? It's not that they have no potential. It's not that they're not, they don't know what to do. Too many times, and I know this for myself, we're living in our own strength. We're trying to live life and we're trying to reach our own potential in our own strength, with our own life, with our own, with our own strength, and, and rather than what we see in John chapter 12. Turn there with me. Because here's Jesus' advice to us. John chapter 12, verses, notice verses 24 to 25, and he, he, he's about to speak to them about his own death. But in verse 23, Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And notice his teaching he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Look at Luke chapter 9. He says it in this parable. Luke chapter 9. And notice verses 23 to 24. And he said, to them all, if, a, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know what? The, the cross is a symbol of death. And for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. You know what, how you're going to find that you can see more done in your life? As a Christian, our, our potential isn't fulfilled in our ability. Our potential is fulfilled in dying to self. You know, in his death, he saw more than in his life. You know, too many of us, were, were again, we're, we're, we're trying to live our lives in our own strength, in our own abilities, in our own potential, when, when actually the key to it all is that we die to self. That we, we let loose of self and we let loose of this life and we say, Lord, this isn't just my life to live anymore. No, this is a life I ought to live for you. No, I'm going to die to my own ambition and I'm going to die to my own wishes and I'm going to die to my own desires and I'm going to die to my own abilities and I'm going to say, Lord, this isn't my life, this is your life. And you know, too many times we go about and we're frustrated and I was, you know, just recently again, just feeling frustrated in my spirit. Frustrated that, you know, here it comes another year and here we are. Some more surprises, some more things that we've got to now have to do. And I'm having to put more hours in. And now I'm falling behind in this. And now I'm falling behind in that. And you know what was happening? I was living in my own strength. And I was going about it my way. And I was going about it in Hernan's strength. And I was going about it, and rather than what the Apostle Paul says to die daily. And I had to stop. And it was one of these days, that this past week, where God reminded me about Samson, where at his death he did more. And listen, you know, those that we read about in the past, those that we see that uh, have, have done tremendous things for God, and we look at that and we, uh, we marvel and we, we wonder at what the secret is. You know, the secret is this. They simply surrendered. They, they went about and rather than going in their own strength, they by faith 
just laid down their life and they were a living sacrifice, they died daily. And too many of us were just trying to live our lives. And, and yes, there's some things that God enables us to do. And yes, there's some things that God has enabled us to see. And, and no doubt in your own life, you, you know enough and you've experienced enough that, and you've done enough that you can just play the game. And you can have some semblance of success. And you can have some semblance because you have some discipline, you have some merit, and there's some abilities that God has put in your life. And yet you could do more. You could do more in your death than you will in your life. You know, for us as believers, we understand that the calling there is to deny self. You see, so often in the Christian life, death precedes victory. And death precedes fruitfulness. And death precedes for more. He said it there, Jesus said it, if a, if a wheat die, it dieth alone. But if it falls in the ground and it dies, then it bears more fruit. Then, then there's more that comes out of that life. And, and you know, too many times we settle for, for what we can do. We settle for the kind of life we can live when God is saying, no, 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 there's more that you could do for me. There's more that you could actually see. There's more that you could actually accomplish for my sake if you would only let loose of your life. If you would only let that die. You know, we understand that. We see that the gospel story is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what necessitated all of that was the need for one. You know, because of one's death, then many were made righteous. Listen, don't take it for granted the kind of willingness that Jesus had to die on the cross of Calvary for our sin. And because of that, he, he then saw all of us here who were saved, saw us saved. You know, it was the, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He allowed that. And yet in our own life, in our own life, I wonder how much more you know, it was an unlikely comeback because from a human point of view, nothing could be done anymore. But you know, all of us here, maybe you've, you've had a disastrous situation. Maybe you've gone and you've tried it, you've tried, you've tried. Can I just say to you, maybe you've just done it in your own strength. Maybe you've just been going about it your way. Maybe you've been trying to live it with your own ability. And maybe it's now time to just lay that down and die. And, and, and lay that before the altar and say, Lord, I can't do it. You know, have some humility before the Lord and say, Lord, I can't do it. And what Paul says, I die daily. No, he, he says in, in Acts 20, 24, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. Here's a problem. At times, we, we just count our lives too dear for ourselves. We want to live our lives our own way. We want to live for those pleasures. We want to live for those uh, personal gains. And, and yet what we find is when we live, uh, give that over to the Lord and we give our problems over and, and we die to those things, then God brings it out and does more with it. 
You know, too many times what we are missing is firstly just a little bit of humility because humility precedes dying to self. You know, the Bible says, He giveth more grace. Wherefore, He saith, God, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. You know, too many times I know in my own life, just the, the pride of knowing what to do. I remember years ago, of them, again, I, the favorite things that I love to do is youth camp. We would do that, and it was, had done a couple, and it was my first year being the director, and I just thought I knew what to do. You know, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I had it all. I'll be honest with you, I hardly asked help. I mean, I had it all, the schedule, the everything, and just, just had all the games all planned together. I thought this is going to be the best camp ever, you know, the, that first day. We had our first get-together as, as teams, and, you know, the first thing I had to deal with was a kid who ran off and just tried to do his own thing. And I was like, oh, here we go. That's never happened before. And he was, I went and had to talk to him and found him somewhere, and he was just, you know, a bit of a rebel. And, and that, it was just a disaster. And, you know, that, that night, I just remember just, just being so angry. <laughs> this is going bad. Like, how could this happen? We put everything together and, and this and that. And, and I had to humble myself and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I was trying to do it my way. And, you know, too many times we, we do that in, in more, in, in settings that uh, have a lot more consequences. Sometimes we, we parent in pride. Sometimes we do the Christian walk in pride. Sometimes we go around and we just, even our service for God is in pride. And sometimes we go about it, and what God's wanting us to do is, is to die to self. And that starts with a bit of humility. You know, Moses had to do that. Moses, in his own power, he tried to take his own calling in his own power. He slew that Egyptian, and God had to take him to the backside of the wilderness, humble him. To the point where when God spoke to him, even though he was a prince of Egypt, even though he had uh, great teachers there that's, that taught him how to speak, you remember his response at the burning bush? He said, I, I can't speak. You know, Moses had to get to the point where he was even asking, who am I? He, he had to get so low before the God of heaven said, no, tell him the great I am sent you. And too many times we, 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 can't, we don't get to that point. Why? Because we won't lower ourselves. You know, God resists the proud. And too many times we go around and, and we're trying to live and we're frustrated and we go around and we're, you know, there's something's being done, but surely there's more to that than that. Surely there's more that I can do. Surely the, the, this can't be this constant cycle of things. And, and you know what God will do then? He'll allow some brokenness. You know, in Samson's life, God allowed brokenness, and, and that was painful. Right? There's, there's things that you just don't want touched, and, you know, no one likes a poke in the eye, right? Anyone here? No one. Remember, I, I wear contacts, and the, the first time I tried to put contacts in, and it was so frustrating, right? It took me 30 minutes for one eye. And you sort of just, you don't want to poke your own eye. Imagine being Samson, whose eyes were gouged out. 
You imagine that, the kind of pain he had to go through. And you know, God knows how to break you. God knows how to get to you. But brokenness is necessary if we're going to die to self. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 18, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as, as be of a contrite spirit. In Psalm 51, verse 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Hey, listen, sometimes it's just being, a, being broken in our spirit and broken about our own sin and broken about our own powerlessness and broken about our own need and broken about that relationship and broken about that issue that we're just struggling with. And we ought to be broken about that. And so many times God's trying to place some things in our lives. And I think about Peter who in his own pride was, was often the one that would speak out as if he couldn't do no wrong, as if he would otherwise, unlike others, would continue to follow God. And yet in his moment where he should have triumphed, we see that Peter was there Cowering, why? Because again, he had denied Jesus. In fact, thrice he did. And Peter had to be broken. You know what the Bible says about him? He, he wept bitterly. And Peter had to go through some sifting. You know what that was? It's a process of brokenness. You see, in Isaiah 66, two, who God is looking for, for all those things hath mine hand made. And all those things have been, saith the Lord, but to this man will I look even to him that is, a, is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. It's brokenness. It's having a poor and contrite spirit. And so humility and brokenness is necessary, and you know, none of us like that. None of us like that. We'll just, we'll just continue on, we'll plow ahead, we'll, we'll hit one frustration after the next, and there we are, we'll just happily... Well, not happily, we'll just do it. We'll just grind. And yes, we might still do something. And yes, we could look back and go, oh, it wasn't too bad. Listen, you could be more if you would only die to self. You could be more if you would only die to those things that are, are of this world. And you know what happens, though? Greater comes if we deny self. You know, you'll do Okay but you'll do more if you deny self. It's about, it's about re recognizing the, the great potential in that and recognizing that that is God's way. You know, too often we look at those that, that perhaps we envy and we might look at them and go, oh, how did they produce that kind of family and all of that? Listen, you don't know the brokenness that came. Well, how come they seem to have this joy that abides? How come they seem to just... Hey, listen, you don't know the secret brokenness and humbling that that might have taken. You know, I, I often marvel and look at preachers of yesteryear and even those that we love who are with us. And, you know, I am. I'll be honest with you. I'm fearful at times to pray, Lord, give me that power that they have. Why? Because I know how much it costs them. I know the kind of brokenness that they had to go through. I know the kind of lives they're, they're living now and some of those scars that God allowed, some of the brokenness that God allowed for the process of dying to self. And listen, 
Listen, I'm not one here tonight, uh, this morning, just simply spat. I know I struggle with it too. There's days where I just want to live for self. I'll be honest with you. You know, coming into this, this time here, coming into our church and, you know, planting ourselves here. There, there are a lot of different things, but there are a lot of familiar things. And, and here's what I've got to guide myself with. Those things that are familiar. Because if I'm not careful, I could just go through the motion of it. I could do it in my own strength. I can. I, I've got 18 years of ministry under my belt. I could do it. But you know what? It's not going to produce anything in you. You know, it's not going to produce anything that is of any consequence to the Lord. Listen, I could do some. We might see some things. But you know what? The, Jesus said to his disciples, greater works than these. Now listen, I'd rather see more. But it's going to take some humbling and it's going to take some brokenness. You know, the Lord Jesus was willing. Look at Philippians chapter 2. We'll be done. Philippians chapter 2. And familiar verses, no doubt, in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant that was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Even the Lord Jesus, he humbled himself. You know, if we won't humble ourselves, God will, can humble us. But he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, his name is exalted why? Because he humbled himself and he became obedient. You know, he went through the brokenness necessary. And it, listen, that didn't just benefit him, that benefited all of us. If you're saved here this, this morning, it was his obedience and his humility. And it was his sacrifice, his brokenness on the cross that paid the way for you and I to get to heaven. That, that changed our eternity. And, and we, we rejoice in that. And yet practically for all of us here, we... We can die daily. We can follow this, the Savior's example and we could be willing to just lay down our lives and surrender them. And you know what we're going to find? We're going to see more. We're going to see more. And I want to tell you that the choice is yours. You know, we can. We can go on living in our own strength. And, and I'll tell you, you know, most Christians, you'll do okay. You'll have a decent home. You'll have a decent this and that. You'll, you'll still sort of look back and go, oh, that was all right. But listen, how about the potential, though? Hey, how about what could have happened? Hey, how about more that God could have done? God could still use you, and it's never too late. And yet, the process of that has to be to die to self, to deny self and see God use you for more. You know, the measure of your potential is contingent on your surrender. It's not actually in your ability. We could all look around and we could go, oh, well, that guy has greater ability, that guy has, a, has, and that person, well, if only I had their thing and their, their resources. Listen, that's not it. 
the, the measure of your potential is contingent on your surrender. You know what? Samson saw more in his death. And the seed that dies in the ground bears more fruit. You know, if we would deny self and we lesser rely on our own strength, we're going to see more of God. And, and you know what? In our day and age, in all of the things that we, we are encountering, and probably more so into the future, we're going to need God. Hey, in the, the, the battles ahead, you know, when, when the battle gets hot, you know what, what the best position is? Is to be surrendered to the Lord. And we better die daily. And at our death, in our dying daily, we're going to see more than if we would live our lives for ourselves and live it in our own strength. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord. And Lord, I know that too, too quickly, Lord, do we weary ourselves in, Lord, the, the frenetic pace of life at times. And Lord, we do it and we do it. And Lord, we can see some things done, and yet, Lord, in our own strength, we're limited. And yet, Lord, here it is just plain as day. The, really, the, the key to it all is a, a dying daily. And help us, Lord, that really, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. And so I pray that you'd help us to take that up, Lord. Help us, Lord God, this morning, Lord, to surrender some things that, Lord, we've been doing in our own strength. Lord, to surrender some, some uh, perhaps some ambitions and some daily, daily things that we're, we're going through, dear God, that, Lord, seem to frustrate us, seem to bring us to no end. And yet, Lord, the secret is there, Lord, just to, to surrender to you and to die to that, dear God. So I pray that you'd help us this morning as we, uh, Lord, just close off the service. The piano can begin to play every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, you can... Uh, begin to just uh, seek the Lord and perhaps you're here this morning and just with an uplifted hand just say pastor that was me I needed that this morning would you just pray for me there are some things that I need to surrender to the Lord and there are some things I've been just struggling with in my own strength so anyone here this morning just with an uplifted hand just say pastor pray for me so anyone here I see those hands I see those hands anyone else I see those hands yep okay you can put them down Maybe you're here this morning or you're listening online and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. And can I tell you that the Lord Jesus willingly laid down his life so that you and I, you can be saved. The Bible says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And would you just come and, and perhaps just seek us out on uh, through our social media or through an email there and we'd love to show you. If you're here, don't leave this place without knowing. But if all, we could all stand to our feet, no one looking around. I want to invite you to come. If you raise your hand, why don't you just do business with the Lord? Why don't you surrender that thing? Why don't you die today and just say, Lord, I die daily. Lord, I just want to surrender this. And Lord, I want your strength, not mine. 